Men screaming as they spun through the air, finally smashing onto the rocks far below. Turning inland, the silver flash of the Kavari River, ribboning the Olivine Mountains and parceling Korg neatly in two like the halves of a coconut. To the north, the undulating hills of bamboo country, softly rounded, dotted with towering arches of bamboo and slender knots of trees. Blackwood and ironwood, Dindal and sandalwood, eucalyptus, bentique and rosewood, interspersed with breezy glades where grasses shimmered in the sun. The Scotland of India. That was what the many white folk in Coorg called it, this part of the land that reminded them so much of Europe. They had set about civilizing the central town of Merkara, rechristening its streets Tenth Mile, Queen's Way, and Mincing Lane. They clustered their estates about the town. Coffee plantations sprung from Ceylonese beans that had rapidly taken root in this virgin soil. Their planter bungalows lay in a series of rough circles around the town, low-slung, red-roofed, and diamond-paned, replete with verandas, croquet lawns, and racket courts. In stark contrast, the Shola forests of the south wild, untrammeled tracts of pipal, cinchona, ebony, toon, and poon, crowding in on themselves, adorned with club moss and lush, unscented orchids. Tangles of thorned underbrush erupted between their trunks, vast, laboriously spun cobwebs bridging the exposed corrugation of their roots. Here and there, scattered almost evenly between the north and the south, the local villages, A velvet patchwork of jungle soil, moist, fertile, and dark as the night sky where the forest had been hacked away. Periodic swaths of paddy flats lining the wetlands by the streams. The sprawling golden-thatched homes of the Korgs, each with its designated wetlands and grazing pastures, and the telltale wisps of smoke that rose from their hearths into the trees. Finally, the forest at the base of the mountains the thickly knitted toe of the booty, forming a protective cover over the tip of Korg that jutted out toward Mysore. This was dense jungle, simmering with a dangerous, compelling beauty, marked only by the faintest of trails. Only the Korgs knew the jungle trails well, them and the charcoal-skinned Polea tribals who served them. The trails had always been jealously guarded, especially in the old days when Korg lay under siege. The kings of Mysore had tried for generations to bring this stubbornly independent principality under their dominion. The warfare, the abductions, the forced circumcisions, and the mass executions had served only to unite the Nayaks, patriarchs of the eight most prominent families in Korg. They had banded together, bidding the clans under their jurisdiction to stand shoulder to shoulder against Mysore. The Korgs resisted Mysore, digging in their heels and clinging to their land like the copper-colored crabs that burrowed in their fields. When the British and their East India Company had finally overthrown Mysore, the Korgs had rejoiced as one. In the peace treaty that followed, Korg was ceded to the British. They had taken the measure of this little province, looked appraisingly at its mist-laden hills and salubrious climes, so well suited to the planting of coffee.
They took note of the Korgs, tall, fierce hotheads who thought nothing of looking them in the eye and speaking as one man to another. Wisely, they had been patient, pushing their agenda with polite, manicured resolve. Eventually, fifty years after they had taken Mysore, the British were formally welcomed into Korg. Still, despite these days of peace and the cyanite roads that the British had carved, skirting the edges of the forest to connect Kurg with the neighboring provinces, collective memory ran deep. There was a band of armed and able-bodied Kurgs always stationed at the bend overlooking the entrance to the forest, where the road from Mysore met the mouth of the trail. The Nayaks shared responsibility for manning this post, each staffing it with men from the clans under his dominion for five weeks at a stretch, except for the three months of the monsoons, when the trails were...